0: Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740.
1: Okay, Alan. yee Guess what? It's Saturday morning and we're sitting here and it's starting to rain. But that's okay, because we're inside. Welcome. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and uh, we've got an interesting show lined up for you. We're going to be talking with Darren Bossens from Triangle Tire, and the fascinating story of Triangle Tire, which is over 40 years old, and is currently running a factory that is, has minimum amount of people in it. It's actually automated. So it's an interesting story. So it's going to be fascinating. And Nadia Mathis is going to join us. Uh, Nadia is with CAA, and she has seven different road trips for you to take during the pandemic. So, um, you know, you don't have to sit at home. You can get out and do your thing, and uh, she's going to tell you what thing you can do. And where you, you can, and where you can go. She's going to tell you where to go. She's going to tell us where to go in our cars.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, of course, you know, you know of course, Dave. So, because of uh, because of COVID right now, you know, traveling hasn't been easy, but we can travel around the province. We can get in the car, and uh, there's lots of things, and she's got some great tips on where to go and see.
1: You know, it's, as we drive up up here to the lake, uh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful country. It's it's you know you don't realize, and when you stop. You know, you go to these little antique shops and things like that. It's different people, and it's it's just fascinating. It's a great day. So she's going to talk about that. I want to remind everybody we have a contest. The CAA is giving you a CAA Plus membership for the year. All you have to do is go to davescornergarage.com and enter, and uh, your chances are very good. I remember last contest was uh, the guy won a set of tires mm-hmm. from Darren.
2: Yeah, it was great. People uh, chime in, especially when it's uh, I can get something for nothing. But especially now, if you're going to take one of those road trips, it's great to have road assistance standing by. Um, You don't want to be stuck at the side of the road. You know, Dave, you've always said it's great to meet new people, but the side of the road is not the greatest place to do that, right?
1: Well, you know what? It started for me when I bought that old Ferrari and it had 250 kilometers of towing on it. Mm -hmm. So that's as far as I would go. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Actually, a friend of mine, and they tow motorcycles, too, if, in case people don't realize that. A buddy of mine had a custom bike, and it used to break down every time he would go out. It was almost as if the, the driver knew him by first-name basis already.
1: <laughs> so we got to say hello to the audience. Uh, Steve Scheiman's on holidays, so uh, we want to say a big hello to him. And he has a friend up there, apparently, named John Flanagan, who is a wrench. He's a mechanic up in—where are they— Mendagui, Magnetoan, one, Yeah, when I was a kid in college, we used to work in there, One uh-huh. And the thing was, where men are men and sheep were nervous.
2: <laughs> well, not to worry because Steve's got his best friend and wife Eileen with him. So, you know, yeah. f- for all those uh, four-legged ones, don't worry, Steve's taken care of.
1: Yep. So uh, that's about it for the introduction. Just remember Dave'sCornerGarage.com. I would visit the site. There's tons of stuff on there. So let's say goodbye. And uh, when we come back, Darren Boston is going to join us, and we're going to have a, quite a conversation.
2: You know, you did a pretty good job. You know, it wasn't bad at all. We got on. <laughs> we'll be back with Darren Boston. of trying tire. I'm the ones to kick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allergic to wool. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, we're back. My name is Alan Kelvin. With us on the phone is Dave Redinger, who's up at the lake, taking it easy. And on the phone, too, we've got Darren Bossens. He's from uh, Triangle Tire. Now, that may be a name that's not familiar to you, but uh, uh, Triangle Tire,
1: sorry, I got tongue-tied, has been around for 40 years. Dave? Yeah. Apparently, this company has been producing tires under the Diamond brand and, and Triangle. Is that correct, Darren?
0: Yeah, it's actually Diamond Back. And Triangle, uh, both brands, they, uh, as, as you stated, they're about forty years old. Um, they've got four manufacturing facilities in China. They got two R and D and technical centers in uh, in the U.S. They do business in over 170 countries. Um, they're they're a large manufacturer. Just to give you an idea, they do uh, currently do 18 million PLT units per per annum per year. Our wow. uh, Future production capacity is going to be up to 30 million. Now, uh, this is
1: a unique plant because it's fully automated.
0: Yeah, it's fully automated. There's very few people. The plant is like you can eat off the floor. It's very clean. Obviously, um, you don't want contamination when you're building tires uh, because it gets into the tire and it causes issues. Mm -hmm. So very clean, no people, uh, all automated.
1: Fascinating. So, Triangle is now pushing it in Canada, and your people are representing it. So, it has a unique policy that you have three points of warranty that most manufacturers don't even have.
0: True. Uh, As all tires, or most tires, we have a workmanship warranty uh, to start off with. And then we have a three-point system, which is uh, road hazard on all on all tires, which means if you damage the tire beyond repair within the first 25% of wear, we'll replace it for free. So that's a, that's a nice uh, little thing to have, especially when you're starting to do road trips now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a uh, uh, tread-life warranty on select uh, uh, models, so you'll get if you don't get the 100,000 kilometers or whatever the, that warranty is, uh, you can bring it back for the... And get it replaced, and then we have a thirty day trial on select items as well. So if you don't like the tires after thirty days, you bring them back, and we'll give you your money back.
1: So question, okay, so sure. it's thirty days, and I don't like the tires. What reason wouldn't I not like the tires? they don't they're not holding or or their their performance no. is wrong?
0: Yeah, it's like sometimes uh, you know it's very rare this happens, but Sometimes people, you know, as we know, tires are an afterthought for most people. So uh, they mm-hmm. put a new set of tires on as long as you know they go, they run true, and everything goes fine. No, no one even thinks anything beyond it. But you know, we just put that in there just in case. You know, somebody. You know, it basically eliminates your uh, your risk in trying them, and you're not going to be stuck with them if you decide you don't like them.
1: So do I get replacement with another set of triangles or can I trade them in on something else either or Wow, that's pretty liberal I mean yeah. <laughs> well yeah, we I mean stuff. I think like, that's it, great it, there's always
0: the uh, there, there's sometimes the option you can choose a different model depending on what your size is uh, there may not be another model available in the triangle brand so you, you can definitely go to uh, outside the triangle brand but um, yeah if you're not happy just bring them back and we'll, uh, we'll replace. Uh, give you your money back or replace them with another brand or tire. You know what?
2: I don't think I've ever really heard a complaint when it comes to tires uh, when you replace them. Because for the most part, you know, people don't realize how their their performance diminishes as they wear down, right? Until eventually yes. there's none and they go, Oh, I better look at my tires. And and mostly in that situation is in the in the wet or in the snow. Um I, I like I like to say that almost all the time people call back and say, I didn't realize how bad my tires were until I put my
0: mm-hmm. new ones on. And, yeah. You know, and the car drive's just so much better, eh? Well it's, it's as you know it's such a gradual process of the tire wearing down. It takes years or, you know, Let's say eighty, hundred thousand 100,000 kilometers. So you, you're not going to notice anything until you actually switch back to brand new tires. That's when you, and, and some people actually, because when a tire wears down, there's very few uh, 30 seconds. So the tire is a little tighter. When you put a new one on, there's a little bit of squirm at first because you've got a full tread depth. So a lot of people come get their new tires put on. They go, oh, it, it doesn't feel right. But that goes away very quickly. It's just, uh, it's just going, from that feeling of no tread to full tread, <laughs>
2: exactly. You know, um, it, basically you're 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 changing it up so much, but in fact you're making it better, right? And that that's the whole point. Dave, we got some emails too. We got some questions for Darren.
1: Yes, we do. Uh, well, we put it on Facebook. We got three or four emails came through. One of them was. A recommended tire pressure. Why do I have to have set at the recommended tire pressure? And if I'm low, can I actually physically physically see that?
0: Okay, so the reason there's a recommended tire pressure, because as we've spoke before, all tires on the sidewall will have the maximum pressure that that tire can hold. At the end of the day, what's actually holding the weight of your vehicle up isn't the tire, it's the air in the tire. The tire's... Strictly holds the air, so depending on the weight of the vehicle, they will set the pressure based on that. So, so that's if, you always the want to get the recommended pressure.
1: So if I'm I'm load overloading my car, should I be increasing the tire pressure?
0: Uh, well, first off, you shouldn't be overloading your car. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I'm saying much. like we're carrying four people instead of two or something. Right. You're going to have to well, leave you...
2: the mother-in-law at home. Tell her that she's yeah. put
1: –
0: there's That's no room. Sorry. I can't overload my vehicle, Darren. Says. <laughs> so you have to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. No, uh, the, the, they take into consideration passengers who, when they set those, the, those uh, pressures.
2: All right, Darren. Nice. I don't know if you hear the music, but we do have to run. You're going to stick around. We've got yeah, some more yeah. questions, and uh, we're going to hear lots more about Triangle Tire. This is Dave Allen, Darren. We're all on Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Alan Gelman. With me is Dave Redinger. He's up at the lake, and we got Darren Bossens from Triangle Tire. And just before the break, we were talking about air pressure. And what's the recommended pressure? I'm going to give it to you easy. Uh, Open the door of your car, and if you look on the the ledge of the car, of the door, you're going to see a yellow sticker that says, Recommended Air Pressure for Your Car. So, yep. as, as much as there's a number on the side of the tire, as Darren mentioned, that's the maximum, maximum. That's not what's recommended for your car. So, it's the, it's the engineers, it's the people that built your car and designed your car who determine what the tire pressure should be. Now, in most cases, you know, it's, it's the same front and back. You know, it's usually around 30-odd pounds. But, but it does change, and it is important that you maintain
1: the right one. And like Darren said, don't exceed the limit. Dave? Yeah, I was going to ask, Darren, now that they're using nitrogen, is it easier to maintain the pressures?
0: Uh, Typically, yeah. Nitrogen is a larger molecule than oxygen. At the end of the day, a tire will permeate um, the air in it because there is porosity. It won't hold forever. Um, So nitrogen being a larger molecule won't permeate the casing like oxygen does. So it does hold the pressure longer. But as we've always said, it's very important, try to check your pressures monthly. Uh, the gentleman who asked, "Can you see the actual loss of air by by looking at the sidewall with the low profile tires we have today on most cars, It's very difficult to see if the tire is low and you know when you're up into the seventy five series and you know, uh, tire, you know, older type tires, you, you can see the bulge and, and usually see it. But it's always best to take an actual pressure gauge, a functioning pressure gauge, and take the pressure. That's the only way to really accurately
1: know. What you know, that is. it leads me to another question, which is, we're, we're coming into the age of the electric car. By yes. twenty thirty 2030 and twenty thirty five, most of the cars that are being manufactured will be electric. Has the tire industry sort of stepped up and built a special tire for the electric car?
0: Yes, most manufacturers are are doing that now or in the process of of doing it. Um, originally, the uh, as you as you can understand, electric vehicles are very quiet and. Once you take away that engine noise, now you have other noises within the vehicle that are going to start to bother people. One being mm. tire noise. So it's very key to have a low rolling resistance so your battery life, uh, you know, holds longer. Um, you want something that's very quiet because otherwise that'll annoy people. Um so yeah, there are there are some different components that they are doing to, to make tires for electric vehicles. And then and you'll see technologies and, and changes come as we move forward further and further into the, the E the E field of driving.
1: Yeah, I was actually reading about that just now, where they're talking about making the battery a structural part of the chassis, where currently it's a separate part of the chassis, and it's not not uh, structural. So as as the EVs come online, they'll keep modifying and changing them till they get to the final product. Interesting stuff. So here's my next email, and it says... What is TPMS? The light came on by Dash, and I don't know what it means.
0: TPMS is Tire Pressure Monitoring System. Um, All vehicles built after, Alan might even know the year, Uh, probably 10 years ago, Alan. I'm not sure when they, when it uh, it started probably, you know, 15 years ago, but I think as of 10, 12 years ago, all cars have them now. Um, So that indicates that your pressure is dropped by 3% or more, 2 to 3% or more. So it's just telling you that one of the tires has a low pressure. So you should definitely check the pressure of all four tires and then inflate any, any ones that are below optimum pressure
2: i just want to help you out on that by the way there's uh that was the law in the united states but it was not you know grandfathered or it's not also in canada so we have canadian vehicles now that are produced that don't have tpms so oh, really oh, yeah. okay,
0: that's i didn't know that yes it, yes yes so, be a small number though right
2: so for young folk who think that the computer knows everything there ain't no computer to tell you that your tires are low, okay? Um, there is in some cars, but not every car. But it's funny, you know, You Dave, you mentioned it said TPMS. I've had, sometimes it's just like an international symbol. And I have people coming mm-hmm. in and going, what's the horseshoe on my dash, okay? <laughs> like, they don't know <laughs> what, those, what those insignias are. Um, I knew somebody years ago, couldn't who messed up the temperature gauge from the fuel gauge because they didn't know. It, it didn't say fuel. It didn't say temperature. It, it had a picture and, of symbol. course, a symbol. Exactly. Yeah. Dave?
1: So my car's got PMS, but it, it's the tires. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Okay. That's not it, good. <laughs> the last question that we had it came in, it says, uh, speed rating, what does it mean?
0: Speed rating. Okay, so speed rating basically indicates the um, the top speed or the optimal speed that any one tire can uh, travel at over a certain period of time. Um, it was actually developed in Europe as tires became... Uh, you know, higher performance tires and you had to have some kind of a standardized rating system. So we'll we'll use an example of a V rated tire. And you can check the sidewall of, of any tire and it'll have it. So for example, like a 205, 55, 16, after it'll say like ninety one V. That V is the actual speed rating, which indicate the the V actually Dictates what maximum speed you can go for any period of time, and in, 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 in this case, a V-rated tire is 149 miles per hour. Well, so
2: Darren, I'm getting dictated by Carlos that we're at the end of our segment. That if people oh, want to no. find out more about <laughs> <laughs> Triangle Tire. Where do they do that?
0: Uh, triangle tire about CA.
2: Uh Thank you for taking your time, and uh, we really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we learned guys. a lot. We did. We did. That Really, and, and 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 you know, I, I really like the way you put it in the nice way. Permeates air. Uh, yes. uh, is that got anything to do with with pulling my finger?
0: No, no. Well, that's that's another source.
1: But <laughs> I wasn't talking about that. Th- that's the TPMS.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> nitrogen gas. Oh, I got it. Yes. <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. Dave and I will be back right after this break. Thanks, Darren. Bye bye. Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Alan Gelman, and I'm a licensed technician, just like Dave is.
1: Dave, yeah, I've got my license. I actually got my license in 1969. Your mechanic's so. license or
2: your driver's license?
1: My mechanic's license in 1969. So people don't realize that to become a mechanic, you have to spend up to five years as an apprentice, write three examinations before they'll give you your certificate. So it's not like you just walk in and say, Hi, I need a certificate. It doesn't work like that. And they charge us every year, they used to charge 120 bucks uh, to renew it, but now it's 60 bucks.
2: And So there's an issue, though, that um, a lot of people aren't happy about. They're paying good money to get their vehicles fixed, and they may not necessarily be getting fixed by a licensed guy. Is that right?
1: That's correct. There's a lot. Of, you know what? With the underground economy, there's a lot of this going on where people that are repairing cars are not licensed, and they're not up as far as the technology is concerned. And the government is failing to find these guys. Now, it's not just auto mechanics. It's carpenters, it's plumbers, it's electricians, it's, it's bricklayers. Anybody that has, needs to have a licensed trade needs to have somebody looking, making making sure that they are licensed. And the, the 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 ramifications of this are serious because if an unlicensed guy, you know, doesn't tighten the wheel, it comes off and takes out a school bus, the insurance company is going to say, uh-uh, it's not us. And uh, there's big ramifications here. So what we're saying is there's a problem and somebody should be looking after it. Well, you know,
2: in the other fields, they've been pretty good at it. I know in terms of not so much plumbing but an electrical, boy, oh, boy, you know, People will not allow electrical work to be done on their house unless it's done by a licensed technician. And as you say, if, if, if the insurance company, you know, God forbid there's a fire in your house, and the insurance company finds out that you had, you know, Billy Bob next door to do your electrical work rather than a licensed tech,
1: he uh, they may not pay the claim. Well we're actually got, we just went through this we had uh, my wife's uh, family home when they had a store down downtown Toronto mm-hmm. the guy next door apparently had somebody put in an air conditioning system who was not licensed right and they took their store down took our store down and five other stores mm-hmm. and now they're, they're they're fighting back and forth our insurance company would keep us safe but he's responsible to pay back the insurance company. So this is a really serious situation. So the reality is, when's the last time somebody walked into your store and had somebody check? You know, the truth is, when I was working, I saw them maybe once, and it was only when there was a customer complaint where he thought that we didn't do a proper safety or we didn't do something correctly. So there's no dialogue between the shops and the inspectors. If there are any inspectors.
2: I just wanted to bring up another point, though. You know, in, in, in ter- you know, I see ads for technicians all the time, and I'm wondering if shops are just taking any warm body because, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of young people, for example, aren't, they're, not, they're not into the blue-collar trades. They don't want to get dirty. They like to sit behind a desk or, or, you know, just yeah. take, take a check on for not doing anything. But um, why, why is it that we, we can't seem to get mechanics where, you know, the other trades seem to be better?
1: The reality is, first off, we're dealing with a more technical product. I mean, uh, the electric cars are coming. Uh, My my vehicle... Look, at Barb's got a brand-new Mercedes. It's been towed in three times already because the battery goes dead. Mm -hmm. I keep telling the guy it's got a parasitic draw, but they don't understand the word parasitic. Mm -hmm. It just drives you crazy. But you know what the other part of this is? People that come to this country with skills, I mean, the cars are all over the world. They come here, and they're not allowed to work. And so there's a segment of the population that can't find work, wants to work, but the government won't step up and say, hey, it's okay, you can work part-time until you get your language skills up to speed or whatever is required.
2: Yeah, but we've seen this in other trades. They always talk about the guy driving your taxi could be actually be a heart doctor back in his country. Yes. But because, you know, he he lacks the, the, the language skill... Um, you know, and then, of course, there's a, a cost involved, too. I, you know, if you're an older person and you've got a family to support, you know, you can't just attend school full time. So they've got to come up with some kind of other way of doing this, because there are people that, that come from different countries that are, are certainly well-versed and, and uh, you know, are, are great techs, um, especially so, you know, where they've had to come up. They don't have all the tools and everything ready, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they didn't have the right equipment. They had to come up with some type of way to, to fix this car. But uh, so there are people out there. I, I'd like to say, too, though, if you if you trust the owner of the company, if you deal with the same people all the time, then yes. you know that that guy that you're, you're dealing with is not going to have some substandard kind of tech working on your car because ultimately, you know, it's my name that's on the side of the building. I'm the guy who's responsible for the work that my shop turns out. So I'm going to make sure that the techs working on your car really know their stuff.
1: Okay, let's switch a little bit of gears now and talk about EVs, which are electric vehicles Mm -hmm. and uh, hybrid vehicles like this. This is a trend that's been all over the media as far as the automotive section is concerned. And, you know, people are starting now to start learning about EVs. Centennial College is giving a course, uh, I guess, a very light course on, on how EVs work and how much service you can do. But are you guys, as as far as a shop that's active is concerned, starting to get into that?
2: Believe it or not, Dave, my first electrical course uh, for electronic cars or battery-powered cars uh, was probably about four or five years ago. I'm embarrassed to say I probably forgot most of it by now <laughs> because we really haven't used it. Um, again, most electronic electric cars are still covered by manufacturer's warranties, so the aftermarket... Yes you know, are not prepared. The only thing I can tell you for sure, if you see a big yellow shield around a cable, don't touch it. It's high voltage. Uh, people don't realize that the cars do run on two separate volt systems. They still have their 12 volts for all the the accessories in the car, your wiper motor, your headlights. All that still runs on 12 volts. The propulsion of the vehicle, or in other words, the power that goes to the motors, runs at a very high voltage. So it runs separate. Um, so again, if you even if you're a backyard kind of guy or or a handy person, you want to open up the hood, have a look. But you may want to read a book before you start sticking your hands in there. Otherwise, it could be a hair-raising situation.
1: Yeah, but they're talking that by 2030, they want 70 percent of the vehicles on the road to be electric. In other words, to to, to, to the dynamic, we're still shoeing horses and they're buying gas. In this case. We're selling gas and they're buying electricity, so there's going to be some issues here. Yeah, issues are one that, you know, you go, you pull up to fill up, and uh, it's full, and you have to wait an hour before your chance to to fill your car. Well, I think that's so going to that,
2: happen. That's going to change over time. I mean, we're seeing. Do you think more. so? Yeah, we're still seeing more charging ports happen up all the time. Uh every every couple of weeks you hear of another oil company because <laughs> they gotta cover their bases, eh? Yes. You, you don't wanna have a gas station and have nobody to buy gas. So um they're they're adding charging stations to their uh to their facility because they're gonna obviously they want to make money they're not going to be selling gas they're going to have to sell electricity um but as you say the whole thing is in flux it keeps changing all the time i mean the cars now in, in a lot of cases they'll go three four hundred kilometers you know on a full charge um so they're getting pretty good um but for me my personal choice i think i'd still go with a hybrid how about you
1: That's what I think is the answer. I think as far as us as Canadians and the fact that we have a large rural area, I think the hybrid is is the answer. You go 40 or 50 kilometers on electricity, and then it switches over to gas and recharges the battery. So um, I think that one, I've been doing some research. Ford has got a great product out there. Uh, and Toyota's got a great product. Those are the only two that I actually see that that are that are, is, are reliable, have good good uh, recommendations, and uh, maybe that's the next car for me. You know, like trading the old gas guzzler. What they call them, ICE, internal combustion emb- engines. That's right. versus EVs. Yeah. That's right. Well, so you, know,
2: you have to look at what your use is. Like if you're using your vehicle primarily to drive yourself to work in and out of the city daily. Well, then electric cars are going to be fine. But if you think you're going to be doing a lot of high-mileage highway trips, then you may want to look at something different.
1: Yeah, and towing. Right, exactly. And and I was looking at things like farmers, you know, who who are using a tractor or, or, or a thrasher. I mean, that's a machine that uses a lot of energy, and I can't see that being electric.
2: Well, uh, who knows? I mean, they're they're talking about putting electric vehicle, electric batteries into tractor trailers now. Um, they're they're going to have big vehicles because they do have massive amounts of torque. Um, so it's not just golf carts anymore.
1: Yes, absolutely correct. That's <laughs> absolutely correct. There's the music. Uh, when we come back, uh, Natty is going to join us from the CAA. Just a big reminder that uh, we have a contest. We're giving away a CAA plus. From CAA, just go to Dave's Corner garage.com There you go. She's got seven
2: special trips she's going to tell us all about. Those hidden gems right after this break. Well, you may be comfortable uh, with you know getting into your car but getting into a plane i don't know you know even though we've moved into stage three the government is saying some of these things are uh relatively safe we've got nadia matos on the phone with us she's the corporate communications person at caa and nadia's got some great tips on doing family friendly car trips nadia how are you good how are you
3: guys doing
2: we're doing great. We want to make sure, though, that you got to get your ride ready before you get into that car and drive it away. But uh, where you got some great tips on where we can go within the province?
3: Yeah, once you know that your vehicle is safe and ready to go for that road trip, and you're planning and preparing in that kind of mind frame we want you also to kind of think about plan and prepare as you go out and CAA did uh, just that they created seven unique itineraries which focus on some of the hidden gems that uh, you may not know about in and around Ontario and of course we don't know what the reopening was going to look like when we created these things so a lot of these options are outdoor options which is great for anybody who's feeling a little uncomfortable and what is really interesting is that these hidden gem- gems a lot of them came from our very own associate our employees so they're places that they've discovered and they enjoyed and now they've translated over so we have seven different itineraries on our website and i'll be sure to make sure that um, to let you guys know about the actual website which is caasco.com forward slash hidden gems but we're going to talk about a couple today with you guys and the first one is adventure in prince edward county have you guys ever been up there
1: hmm yep
3: And so we were super mindful which areas we promoted because we wanted to make sure we worked with the tourism board. So Prince Edward County is home to many prestigious wineries along very, very beautiful natural sites. And there are sites like Tayandinaga Caves and Sandbanks Provincial Park that you can explore. So, the Tayandinaga Caves are just before you reach the county and are one of the largest, oldest cave networks in Canada. And these geological formations and fossils are over 450 million years old. But just a reminder, you need to pre book your entry. And we've We've all heard about Sandbanks Provincial Park. It's really beautiful. It's got three sandy beaches, 600 campsites. A lot of those campsites are booked for the season, uh, but it's great for a one-day kind of road trip, go out, and you want to check, make sure ahead of time that there's actual room. And then in the same area, if you've got kids and you, you kind of like the idea of Uh, you know, learning a little bit more about nature and animals, you can, uh, and if you're up for an animal encounter, you can check out a working alpaca farm at Noble Beast Farms in the area, or you can go to Curious Goat General Store in Milford. They have a one-hour bee experience, and you can learn all about hives, honey, and even make a beeswax product. So it's really great for the entire family. And if you're not lactose intolerant and you love your cheese, you may want to take a stop at one of the county's first original cheese houses called Black River Cheese. And you can choose from a large selection of log cheeses there to take home or go for a picnic.
1: You know, Nadia, we used to go to Shannonville, which is a racetrack where they have motorcycle racing, car racing, uh, spinning, every, any, anything you want to do. They usually open on the weekends and they've they've just announced that they're open now. That's
3: fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, it's really just about knowing uh, some of your favorite locations and destinations, yeah. what's open and what's not open. Uh, most places are opening up now, just modified hours, modified kind of, uh, you know, restrictions and rules. So just like, um, the next itinerary we have on our list is, uh, if you're in the GTA, so, I know a lot of your listeners are in the GTA, a lot more are not, uh, the Greater Toronto area, and you're looking for a quick road trip. One of them, one of our rec- uh, recommendations is the Cheltenham Badlands. I have not yet been there, but it's on my list for this summer. So if anybody who's not seen or heard the Cheltenham Badlands, they're like Mars-like red hills and gullies. Uh, they have a really unique topography. They're exposed Queenston shale. Uh, but there is a tip to make sure that you're on the marked path and not venture off the path because you don't want to get injured. You want don't want to, you know, endanger the actual scenery there or, you know, have any issues along there that you may need to get help with. Um, and, you know, before you leave the area, you can stop by Spirit Tree Estate Cidery for lunch or pick up some local ciders for later on.
1: I love that fascinating so these are one day trips
3: these are one day trips these are things that you can actually go to uh, by car in southern ontario Uh, there are other trips on our website like we have road trips to toronto algonquin kingston point Pelee national park uh there's lots of different options bruce peninsula so we've curated these road trips so that you really have options to explore some of the things that you already have heard about but there are options that you may not have known about like the curious goat general store mill in uh, in milford you, <laughs> know, you, would, you know you wouldn't have heard that before but maybe <laughs> something really cool and neat can come out of it so um laura gorge is an option as well you can uh, go to the Alora Gorge Conservation and go tubing down the Grand River. Yeah. It's a very popular destination. And this year, because of COVID restrictions, they've implemented a pre-purchase to book your time. So try to go early in the morning. It's recommended so you can float down the gorge at least twice a day before it gets too busy.
2: Natty, Do are, they have to? Sorry, I'll go, go ahead. ahead. Natty, are you able to print out these itineraries from the website so you know what you know what's up in there?
3: Absolutely. You can go on our website. Each one has got a clickable, searchable kind of link. So you go to the actual page, which is caasco.com forward slash hidden gems. And it's got those tiles, uh, you know, Algonquin, Kingston, Bruce Peninsula, you click on one of those tiles, and then it just breaks it all down, like stop here and then go to this falls and then go to this location and this restaurant. It's all got that there. So you can take a lot of the guessing out of the work and you can just focus on making sure that your vehicle's in tip-top condition
2: great dave
1: Uh, yeah the question is if you had to stay overnight are hotels open now
3: There are a lot of hotels that are open and then it's just, uh, you know, finding in your itinerary what location is open and uh, just asking what the the precautions are. They may just have different precautions. They may be booking differently as before. Each place Mm -hmm. is going to do something different according to what they feel comfortable. But a lot of places are actually in business and and really looking forward to you guys uh, paying a visit.
1: Fascinating. Yeah, I noticed people in the country are more strict than they are in the city. In the city, we're kind of lackadaisical. In the country, put on your mask and stand there, and <laughs> they're very authoritarian. All right, Nadia, uh, we have to website. run
3: one more time. One more time. That's C A A S C O dot com forward slash hidden gems if you're looking for some ideas for some easy road trips around Ontario.
2: Thanks, Nadia. Appreciate your help. And, uh, Maybe we'll bump into you on one of those road trips at one of yours. I
3: hope so. All right. Take Uh, care of yourself. Take Uh, care. Bye-bye. All right. This
2: is Dave's Corner Garage. You hear the music? we got to run. We're going to be talking about, I think, some more electrical vehicles, but uh, you'll have to stick around to find out. This is Dave's Corner Garage. You know, early in the show, we were talking about how EVs are coming along, and and, and it's going to be a learning curve. I mean, people don't know exactly. Uh, you know, how you can run it, how long it will mm-hmm. run, How you know, you, you have to plan the trip ahead. Um, I actually, I just got a thing about a recall. If you own a Chevy Bolt, apparently uh, they catch fire. <laughs> and and yes. they've had a couple of recalls already. They've already suggested to people that if you have a garage, don't park it in your garage. Because at that point, you could need a new car and a new house. So uh, make sure to and call And don't it. charge it overnight exactly so what you got to do is call your dealer and find out if your car is part of the recall campaign it's a free fix so don't hesitate give them a call dave
1: you know i went through some of this stuff when i saw that and there was like 29 or 28 recalls on teslas teslas have been recalling cars left right and center so the technology is not there yet and it makes me wonder if uh it's worthwhile to buy an EV yet, or just wait, you know, another five years till they get the technology correct. So well, it'd be for- an interesting question.
2: Well, don't forget. I mean, you know, when you're talking about a Chevy Bolt, you're talking about a car company, who's Chevrolet, who's decided to put electronics in their vehicles. But don't forget, Tesla was never a car company to begin
1: with. No, that's exactly right. So they've had and to now learn they're charging. You know, the latest thing is, you know, self-driving cars, they uh, want to charge you 200 bucks a month to use the feature for self-driving cars. So it's not free. And uh, apparently it's not fully self-driving. Uh, it's still in beta form. So there's a, a, a conversation going on there. Now, there's something, uh, The email came in while we were talking during the show, and it says, car batteries, when do I want to replace my car battery? It's five years old. Well, what, we, what you do
2: want to do is get it checked periodically. Your garage can put a load test on it. They can do what's called an AVR test where they mm-hmm. test your alternator, your, your, your starter, your battery. Um, because a battery can fail. I mean, it's funny, though, how, Dave, as, as a mechanic yourself, you know, people call you and say, well, the other day it wouldn't start, but I boosted it, and then it was okay for a bit. Um, but, but that's your first indication that there's a problem. So, That's right. so why did you think that, you know, two weeks from now, when all of a sudden you got to get up in the middle of the night and run to the hospital, your car doesn't start. Um, you had an indication before that. So you, you got to be cognizant. You got to be aware of what's around. But five years, certainly that is the life expectancy of a battery. Um, in a lot of cases now, they're only giving three and four year warranties on batteries because, you know, to try to extend the, 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 the gas mileage, the fuel mileage on vehicles, they have made the vehicles smaller. And as a result, they've made batteries smaller because they weigh a lot. So they tried to reduce the size. Dave?
1: I always say these people are auto-illiterate. They don't listen to the language of the car. The car is talking to you all the time. There's a vibration. There's a noise. There's It doesn't start. The car is talking to you. You just got to listen to what it's saying. But people don't understand. They're, they're sort of disconnected from the machine. It just twist the key and it goes. And to, it doesn't twist the key, doesn't go, I call for help. So the word is auto-illiterate. And now you don't even have to twist the key. You just press the button. Uh, you know what? They, we were talking the other day about the the battery in the key fob. Mm-hmm. I replaced three this week. I couldn't believe it. I should have kept my mouth shut.
2: <laughs> you put a hex on yourself there, did you?
1: <laughs> yeah, but, when, but you got to understand that when you're buying these batteries, like a 2025 and or a 2032 or whatever, there are differences in thickness of the battery. So you can't put a, a thicker battery in a in a case that's designed for a thinner battery. It won't work. So the bottom line is make sure whatever you take out of that fob is what you put in the back end of the fob.
2: Actually, I read your instructions because there's a lot of cases where people say my car won't start. But there is a trick to actually get your car started even when that key fob is dead.
1: Yeah, to- you know what it is? What is it? Push the button with the key fob. <laughs> or grab the wife's keys. Got no, to- no, no. Push the button with the key fob. <laughs> it, it, it actually triggers the, uh, the, the code. There you go. Great tips from Dave Redinger. it uh, would be $5. We want to I'm charging 5 him. bucks for that one.
2: <laughs> want to thank Darren Boston's Triangle Tires. Check out their website. They've got great prices, great warranty on their tires. And if you're looking to go for a road trip, check out CAA. Um, they've got some great trips there. Uh, we just I want to thank Nadia for dropping in. She had seven special trips, hidden gems, and uh, places where you can take your car, take your kids, have a good time. Dave?
1: I want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back here next week. Steve will be back, so things will be better organized. (laughs) Have a great weekend. Al, take care. You too, Dave. Bye-bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's
0: Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.